Greetings, UCAN fans. And the sun is out. Well, a bit anyway. How exciting. But let's get down to business. Food. Uh, that got your attention, didn't it? We all eat it, don't we? We'd be in a bit of a pickle without it, wouldn't we? And during one of our high-profile, high-security and highly technological pod squad meetings, we stumbled across the topic of air fryers and what wonderful devices they are. It was surprising how excited some of us got, truth be told. Anyway, this enthusiasm led on to a larger discussion about cooking in general, especially from an accessibility point of view, and we realised it was a topic well worth discussing, especially where there might be tips or technologies to make cooking easier, safer and tastier. So this episode, we'll start a Pod Squad two-parter about food. We'll tell you about the magic of the air fryer and why you really should get one if you haven't got one already, and honestly, you really should get one. And next time, we'll broaden that out into a wider discussion about food prep if you're visually impaired. Spoiler alert, there's absolutely no reason why you can't make anything you want. But we've also got some creative shenanigans. Well, it is you can after all. We've got a wonderful, deep and philosophical spoken word poem by Kieran Ellis, along with his own sound design and music. But we'll kick off with some interesting reflections about the portrayal of visual impairment within media and entertainment from Kyle Gibson. An argument for Daredevil. Well, I wouldn't argue with him. Hello, you can. This is Kyle Gibson here, and this is an argument for Daredevil. I've talked at great lengths about this topic before with friends and family. I've had my sight loss condition since birth, and as a child fascinated by stories, it's not a shock that comic books are one of the many formats I enjoyed. Daredevil is a fundamentally nice guy with a dark side who happens to be blind. He practices martial arts and grew up around a lot of Catholic teachers and mentors. And as a visually impaired kid from a Catholic school who grew up with a great interest in combat sports, it was very easy for me to identify with it. So you might say I'm biased, but I hope that I can explain why. I'm going to address a subject today, which is, is Daredevil needed as a representative of the blind community? And is he a good representative of us? First of all, representation in terms of the arts is not merely taking a blind person and jamming them into a story. Representation is intended as a search for truth about a subject. You reveal something about it to your audience and you explore it. This can be done positively or negatively. You take, for example, the scene in Young Frankenstein, where the monster comes across the old blind man. There are a couple of lazy blind jokes in this scene, but it is nevertheless a very touching and very humane one. So overall, the old man's portrayal is fairly positive. It's not perfect, but it's better than what most blind characters receive on TV and in movies, etc. Many blind characters are there to elicit a cheap laugh from a pretty lazy joke. It's funny because we walk into things. Ha ha. Representation for many groups in society is a big deal, because frankly it influences the way that we're treated. 
And negative representations are not always one-dimensional. Sometimes a blind character is either treated as a superhuman or as being inspirational stories that really don't address what it's like in any true death. They're often syrupy melodramas with boring, generic, nice guy caricatures. If we take, for example, a character like Colonel Slade from Scent of a Woman, he at times is unlikable, mean-spirited, or sometimes funny and charismatic, often in the same scene. His death is ultimately what makes him intriguing to watch. Your character doesn't always have to be a bastion for good, but they do need to have death. Not everyone will agree with me about these examples, and that is fine. Representation is hard, and art is subjective. There's never going to be a perfect way to represent visual impairment on screen, so you may then be wondering, well, how does this fit in with Daredevil, Carl? So remember that I mentioned the superhuman aspect. Well, the argument is that giving blind characters superhuman abilities, such as Tiresias from ancient Greece, uh, actually perpetuates a negative stereotype that blind people are weak because unless they have some kind of superhuman ability or some supernatural gift, then blind people are essentially weak. And that actually it's distressing because if blind people perceive characters to be representing them who have these superhuman abilities, that they might feel inadequate next to them. But I have always disliked this argument for one, well, for several reasons, really. But the main one is that as it relates to Daredevil, it's a superhero story and therefore everything is exaggerated. Batman is not an accurate portrayal of how sighted people live out their lives. Superheroes are by nature exempt from reality because their stories are meant to be larger than life. They are superhuman. Daredevil is a superhuman equivalent of a person with sight loss. Yes, one could argue that his super abilities with sense, touch and smell, etc. make it obsolete that he's blind, but I don't think this way, because he very much uses his abilities in the same way that we would every day. Scientifically speaking, it's been noted for years that using your hearing and learning to use it, you know, extensively means that you can hear things that seem, well, ridiculous. The fact is that these things do occur in real life. You might also be thinking, well, the idea of a blind superhero fighting bad guys is kind of absurd. But you must remember that visually impaired people have competed in combat sports for many years. Judo being the most obvious. And yes, it may not be entirely realistic, but it is based on something true. He's a fully-fledged character. Daredevil is a fascinating character in a fascinating story. He's fully-fledged. He's somebody that runs the gauntlet from happy and hopeful to de sad and depressed, funny, charming, sometimes jealous and envious. 
He has so much depth to him. I think that what we can take away from this is that characters like Daredevil are good representations because while they may not be 100% accurate in terms of their portrayal of sight loss, they do at least inspire us to treat blind characters with some broader understanding and hopefully some empathy. So go forth and create. But when you do... Please, take care and try to inspire rather than hinder. This has been Kyle Gibson. Thank you. Many thanks for that, Kyle. Right, it's time to fire up the air fryers and prepare your bellies for rumbling. I've had one for, for quite a while. I've had one. My mum bought one years ago when they first come out. And then I've had one in my fluff quite well, but I know it's like it's the easiest thing. Just because the tray's quite small, though, it depends on what you're trying to stick yeah. in there and how on how much, because then it'll effect on the cooking and how it cooks. It's somewhere it'll cook through and somewhere it, it won't. It's yeah. it's great for what it does. It's not you, you, you can't just rely on it because I oh I mean, no you know you can't you make can get new shit. ones though. Not Rob, they've got like three different you know, like compartments. No way. So there's like three trays in there, so you can put like I um I seen the one on like when I was looking at it on YouTube, the one guy had like onion rings in the one, he had like <laughs> fried chicken in the other tray, and he had like chips and stuff. Oh, mate, so that's what you need. <laughs> and then he was like, yeah, I've worked out twenty minutes, and it's all perfectly crisp. Yeah. And like, and like before the right amount of chips, if dinner you're right of champions chips, that one. Let me tell you, ten minutes, and they're better oh. than chippy chips. Oh. Anyone else got one? Yeah, I got no. an air fryer. Uh, yeah. And you know, if you slice potato really thin, yeah, um, leave it in water for a couple of hours, take it out of the water, drain, dry it off, and then put them in the air fryer for like 10, 15 minutes. They go like Walker's crisps. Oh, <laughs> oh you know, nice. you can do it. The best way to get them really thin is, you know, if you've got like a cheese slicer, yeah, yeah, or a grater, you can slice it with a cheese slicer because these are the cutting it thin. The way I do chips, part boil them in the saucepan for 10 minutes. And then take them out, and then put them in the air fry with a bit of flour and a bit of bit of oil and a bit of salt. Oh, let me tell you. Uh, well, Rob said he dries his pants in his air fryer, so you know, <laughs> <there's some> of... <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's all sorts of tips. I love my steamer as well because, of course, um, the water is in the bottom. If you've got like a, a freestanding one, so of course, when you just take the trays off, you know, there's no, no like hot liquids or anything, you know. Yeah. Like the air fryer for a person who don't really know how to cook as well, who haven't got much cooking skills, mm. isn't it? Like it's it's a cracking way of like getting fried food or sort of fried food for someone who's like nervous with a hob, which I used to be. I I used to be scared of the hob, to be honest with you. Um, Stupid question. You do steak in there, can't you? Yeah, um, if you if you've got a big yeah. enough tray, you could, I think. Yeah, because yeah. I've seen people on YouTube when I've looked at recipes, and they do put like I've seen people put a whole chicken in and leave it on for hours. Wow, like, leave it on for like a whole hour chicken. I, <laughs> I can't imagine that one. Uh, I, what I've seen of them, they don't look as big as that. There's bigger. They're one. not that big. Well, the one I've got. Oh no, you could dive on about like the different size because they, they're so they're so popular. No, the size range varies from. But like the basic one you can buy, that's the basic standard average size. You can stick like say um enough chips for one person and enough chicken nuggets for one person all in and 15 i'd say 15 minutes is probably yeah. done 
That's just... about the size of mine, Con, about the size of a coffee machine. But you've got to keep maintaining your tray and keeping it clean and dry. Like, you've got to clean it every time after, otherwise... It starts to build up like all. Oh, it's like get a bit crummy like, and a bit sticky. Yeah, crummy and that, and it takes longer yeah. for your food to cook and it starts to explode. Smell. Yeah. <laughs> I I just had an idea. Of the I, I don't know. The, I just had a vision of the grumpy old gets like trying to cram a whole chicken into a little air fryer. <laughs> <laughs> the best thing, right, is if if you get frozen chicken fillets and you whack one in, and you give it a flip after about ten minutes or so. Do it for another frozen, 10 though? minutes. Yep, from frozen. And it comes out just like, oh. KFC chicken, isn't it? Honestly, well, honestly. I was thinking, in. Emily, um, next time you come over, if you come over one day next week, you know I said I got those um, three chicken fillets in the freezer? From Maybe a new should try Rob's suggestion. And, I'm uh, telling you. I'm telling you. <laughs> Record it. Record the evening. Yeah, yeah. chicken burgers yeah. on the thing. Do you know Tim Potatoes? Oh, oh man! Yeah. Right, get them. They, they right, normally... dry them off, like <laughs> like sieve them off in like a little colander thing, or what you know, what you stick pasta in, and stick them tin potatoes in there. Get some gravy on, oh, they're amazing. Oh, and bit of steak on the side well. from George Foreman. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you another one: a frozen, you know, like a frozen garlic bread baguette. Oh, keep it so frozen, sweet. right, and just chop it up really quickly. Chop it into like little little rounds. Whack it in the air fryer. Oh, I'm telling you. <laughs> We're definitely going to be hungry after this, aren't we? <laughs> I am. I'm not. I am not my tea yet. Do what's amazing like, um... in a, a slice of pizza the next day from say you had a Domino's or a pizza <laughs> place, a little slice of that in there the next day. I, I, I tell you what, you you are right though. If you have a takeaway and you don't eat it all, it's it's so much better than wanging it in the microwave just to just to warm it up. Like a ah, uh, like a bit of chicken or yeah, yeah chicken balls. Seen... They go back to like they yeah. was from the next yes. day, from the next day. Like you stick a chicken yeah. ball in the microwave, it all shrivels up and goes. And it's, it's, it's the same with or... chips. Chips are disgusting after they come out of the microwave. I reckon. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. With Honestly, most things in the them... microwave, if there's yeah. fat in there, you notice the fat all runs to the bottom. Yep. So say like I don't know, you put a burger in or something, the bottom bun. It's like a sponge full of fat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Ugh, no. You, you put them bad boys in an air fryer, let me tell you. You guys getting paid by air fryers? Or... <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard such enthusiasm for anything. <laughs> like, so say, like, you, like, I want to attempt it, but we've done it in my mum's house before, and, like, it was nice, but I wanted to do the one in mine. It's got, like, chicken wings from the butchers, and I got some, like, um rub for them so like some barbecue rub or some lemon pepper rub or something like that so like a dry rub rub it all over them so season them up and then you stick it in there on the slow cook for like an hour or two and they go snap crispy like the bone do like but they like... need, need a bit a bit of flour and a bit of oil because it, it with that amount of air going it sometimes it can um just blow all the seasoning off if you put a bit of flour and oil, it all sticks to it. And it's just dunk each wing in a bit of flour and oil. Yeah. 
beautiful. Well, at the risk of interrupting the flow of this incredible, I, I tell you what, if we do, I might use some of this recording because you <laughs> come out with so many bits and bobs. But I think like next time, if we pull the trigger and say, right, we're going to talk about food and just have a conversation, we might even use some of this because, you know. Yeah, and then we could just and up cut it. it together a bit. Maybe if we have got an air fryer, uh, uh, Alex Goblin on next day delivery can tell us what he <laughs> You are getting paid by a man, you can't. Are you trying to sell me one now? And, um, you can get quite some quite cheap ones. Do you know Iceland do one now and again for pounds? Stop! <laughs> he's like he's like the oh, what's that sort of um, home the, the sort of beauty product kind of franchise thing where people oh, are trying yeah. to sell you Avon. Them. Avon, that's it. You like that <laughs> for the air fryer? Pyramid scheme. Yeah, but, but yeah, it's half past, so if I'm going got to one, like stop. A few I will buy one. I promise. <laughs> no, if anyone ever yeah, they've got one now. Anyway, we can maybe think of one or two inspiring recipes and try them yeah. now for the weekend. I can hear them firing up now. Yeah. There we go. Get your credit cards out. Now here's Kieran to give you something to think about. Warped, written by Kieran R. M. Ellis. Is this real? Is any of this real? Was it ever real? Will it ever be real? If so, does it matter? Is there a purpose? Are we just a random assembly of tiny balls of matter and energy, aimlessly floating around in an everlasting echo chamber of monotony and mundanity? Just waiting for our outer selves to deteriorate until we decay into complete nothingness. Do we have to live in this possibly real existence, surrounded by logos, reality TV, work stalls, banality, and ultimately meaningless concepts such as money, time, and God? Will I wake up tomorrow? Will I wake up when I die? In a pool of my own sweat, in a different house, in a different bed, living a different life as a different person. Laughing it off, realising that it was just a dream. My birth, my family, my friends, the spouse I married, the children I had, minor interactions with people I never knew, people who I walked past in the street. And then, my eventual demise. It was just a dream. None of it was real like a sheet of dust to spend months settling on a shelf, only to have a swift summer breeze blow in from an open window and whisp it away into nothingness. And I think the biggest question of all is, are you ready to wake up? To wake up? Great work, Kieran. Right, that's all we've got time for, but we'll be back very shortly to blow your minds and your bellies with some more great cooking chat. Until then, stay hungry. See you soon. <laughs>